Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 172 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, we're back in 2021, apparently, because the Shanghai Dragons and the Dallas Fuel are the teams on top after the summer showdown. As we talked about last week, as I talked about, it's a team-based meta again, and these two teams that did not change at all from last year um, and are very good at teamwork and communication have risen to the top officially and have taken home the Summer Showdown Championship um, in the East and West. Pretty fun weekend overall. It was it was good to see uh, Overwatch back in person again with Toronto. I just love the crowd. Brought me back to Dallas for sure. Um, and yeah, I, I, I wish that anyone would have been near as good as Dallas. Apparently, the only team that's as good as Dallas or close to beating Dallas is the Washington Justice, um, who took the most maps off Dallas this week in a 3-2 quarterfinals match, which is nuts. But yeah, what, yeah, what are your overall thoughts? had to thoughts? warm up a little bit, you know. Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit of a warm-up. Just, just, you know, tease the Justice a little bit, of course. Uh, but yeah, what are your overall thoughts on the weekend, Joe, before we dive into like specifics on these games? Yeah, this was a great one. You're you're exactly right when you're talking about um you know, it's good to to see the competition back in a live setting. It's good to see um you know, back in a tournament at all. Uh this this whole month was, you know, uh very self-contained obviously. Um with the the structure and the way things came out, but um um, yeah, to to get back to those kind of stakes, um, uh, the, the really the only you know regret we have from the weekend is that we didn't get to see uh, you know Dallas play Shanghai again, um, uh, you know at the end of it all. But um, but yeah, really really an excellent uh, uh, an ex- excellent week. And and you know Custa drank some uh, maple syrup, so you know yeah, it, it can't be that bad of a week. Always fun. And Puckett was back, and he was great. Uh, oh yeah, loved having Puckett back. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Dallas for Shanghai would be nuts in this uh, in this meta. I, I wonder who would who would pull it off between the two because they both just looked far and above the rest. There at the end, Seoul in the grand final, they actually did make it sort of a game, uh, four to two. Did not expect it after Seoul got three would twice by Shanghai previously this stage. Uh, then in the grand final, Seoul actually decided, hey. Let's try to make this a game. They took the first map. That was shocking immediately. Um, this is actually my match to rewatch just because it was a final and it went to six maps at least. Uh, and Seoul did look good at times. Uh, the other maps were absolute stomps, like getting full held on midtown, stuff like that. Uh, but at least Seoul was there. It's, the shock just could not touch the Dallas fuel this weekend whatsoever. So uh, over... Over uh, in the west side, the grand final wasn't as exciting, of course. Um, I even recall like just hearing Uber and Mr. X sort of just <laughs> knowing that Dal- it felt like they knew Dallas was going to win uh, by map three almost. So, yeah, that was a little disappointing. But we we got a ton of other fun matches throughout this um, throughout this whole uh, whole tournament, especially in the west. Oh, yeah. Um, we got the storyline of Toronto, the home team, getting third place, which has got to be their best performance ever uh, in franchise history, is reaching this third place milestone. Um, unfortunately, losing the San Francisco Shock, and I don't think many people are surprised because the Shock and Fuel were just above everyone else. But yeah, what do you think about Toronto? Do you think this is just this meta? Or do you think going forward, like this team looks like they can compete? Yeah, it's um, uh, yeah, it's definitely good. And again, to just, it goes back to the um, uh, like the the home crowd dynamic a little bit too. Um, the the back and forth we get to, we got to see between, um, uh, in particular Toronto and London, um, just because they ran into each other twice. But really, uh, lots of these Toronto games. Um, um, <laughs> were just really excellent. I mean, that's um, that's where I um, highlighted matches to go back and look at as well. Obviously, the finals are nice and, and um, significant in terms of um, you know actual match results, but um, 
when it comes to you know the entertainment value and um, uh, particularly I assume if you were physically there, but um, just in general, it's the the dynamic between um, you know Toronto the players and and Toronto the crowd. Um, um, that was it was really cool to to see again and to you know remember that that's even a thing that can exist. Oh yeah, exactly. It was it was super fun. I mean, now in both live settings, we've had teams sort of make it super deep in the tournament. Dallas making it to the finals, falling short unfortunately, and Toronto now uh, doing way better than people expected for sure. So it's good to see. Um, and honestly, it's good to see a team like Toronto who invests so much money. I think they have one of the highest cost rosters in the entire league. This organization is willing to put a lot of money in this league and in this team. And I think it's time we, like, instead of laughing at them for failing so hard, usually, despite how much they spent, I think we should be appreciative that they are that they are one of the teams that is still willing to spend because there are clearly so many teams that are not willing to spend and are trying their hardest to go, like, minimum roster, like the Washington Justice listing a coach as one of their players and all this stuff, right? <laughs> like, we should be, instead of making fun of Toronto, we should be celebrating this team for investing and it's finally paying off now that they've, you know, switched coaches. Um, it feels like things are finally coming together because they've had the talent there all along. It's just uh, the right meta has fallen into place and maybe they will take that confidence into the next meta, uh, whatever that meta is. Um, and I think we had leaked patch notes, which um, could be true. Who knows? Um, I don't know what the meta will be based off of it, uh, but if those leaked patch notes are true, I don't think Junker Queen will be a part of it, to be honest. Um, I think she gets nerfed pretty hard in those leaked patch notes, so yeah, we'll keep that in mind. Um, another team I want to talk about and highlight here is the Florida Mayhem, Joe. This was their best tournament so far this year as well, um, and they, they've put up a good fight in a lot of these tournaments previously, for sure. Um, I, I think, like, I remember them almost, like, just fighting um, pretty hard with some top teams uh, in the last tournament in Hawaii. And now they've gone all the way to the lower bracket semifinal and just fallen short to the Toronto Defiant. Um, and they had some amazing moments in there, including a huge reverse sweep against the London Spitfire. I think that match was one of my favorite matches to watch uh, this weekend, too. Uh, look back on for sure because that was a huge moment for the Florida Mayhem um, who got 3-0'd and looked pretty awful in that first round against Houston and then uh, were able to turn around and make a run all the way to that lower bracket semifinal. What do you think about Florida? Do, do, is this just, do they just keep getting better and better here? Do we think in the playoffs they have a fighting shot to pull off a big upset maybe? Uh, yeah, I, w- I would definitely say they, the the potential is there, yeah. Um uh, yeah, because you're right. They, they was definitely um, uh, a really, really strong showing from them. Uh, playing uh, teams close that you know, we, um, in some cases, you know, didn't expect them to play that close. Um, uh, I mean, notably um, making it, uh, you know, out to to number four. Uh, that's um, higher than I assume, uh, higher than I seem to recall. Either either of us had them. Um, in our picks, uh, and yeah, put, pulling it out against London, um, going the distance against Toronto. Uh, these are the kind of kind of plays you want from a roster that is um, um, uh, pretty young. I know that's um, you know one of the descriptors that's been used a lot about the um, San Francisco Shock in the last couple of days, which is also true. Um, the, you know, this uh, a young roster that's um, um, seeing seeing uh, good and consistent, but not um, you know ultimate victory uh in tournaments necessarily um um but 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 yes but young and and developing for florida i mean um uh it was good we got to see um we got to see surmajed after all um make it apparently like the day of their first match um he he left florida and or left from wherever they were i guess probably not in florida um and and flew to toronto and then played in that match that night Mm -hmm. (laughs) um uh, that then they lost against Houston, but um, 
Um, but but still, you, you know, being able, to, being able to bring him in and then have the performance they did, uh, those are the kind of things that um, uh, you know they're definitely positives for your um, um, uh, keeping track of stuff for these players. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I thought their story was super fun, and overall, Florida, their their team that uh, people at the beginning of the season thought. Hey, this team has a chance to be um, be good and upset some good teams, and it's it's looking like they're getting there uh, right now for sure. Uh, the growth is here, and it's good to see. I, I feel like we've seen a lot of teams who have every reason to like sort of be down and out and have no confidence, not do sort of just have the opposite, gra- just be growing throughout the season, you know? Because usually teams like this uh, have no reason to grow; they almost. They have more player issues. They have less confidence. They don't think they can compete, so they just sort of give up. And, yeah, both Toronto and Florida have not been doing that um, and a lot of other teams in this in this tournament overall, right? Like the Titans, who at the beginning of the season were the laughing stock of the league and made a tournament. Uh, even though they didn't win either, they, they should be proud that they went. Um and London, who obviously was a team no one thought would do well this year. This this tournament's filled with those just underdog stories. So, unfortunately, none of them panned out. And we got Dallas versus Shock in the finals. And Dallas stomped them. Um, but I'm just going to straight up ask it, Joe. Dallas, Shanghai, in this meta, who would you have picked to win? Who would have won that match? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And a lot of it, I think... Um... Um, well, <laughs> it put me on the spot a little bit, but <laughs> the the idea that um, uh, it, it kind of goes back to the the idea we discussed about um, uh, in in competitive Overwatch for a while now uh, about the ways in which um, uh, different metas and different uh, you know situations in the game uh, lend themselves to um, to different roles and to different types of players, um, and and uh, different areas of focus um, in in uh, rosters. And so, for example, in in particularly North America, but this stage in general, a lot of the focus has been um, has been on uh, the tank player, the Junker Queen, uh, just because of you know how significant a change that she. Um, brought to you know the way things are played uh and the the value that she gets from um specifically the things that she does whether it's the the commanding shout or the um, anti-heal or those kinds of things um uh and that a lot of focus is put on um uh, the Jugger Queens, whereas in other uh, in in other kinds of metas, um, it's been a lot more um, DPS heavy. Or um, I, I think it can be argued that there were uh, <laughs> some some uh, some situations in Overwatch esports gone by that um, uh, the, the sport line could could make or break in some ways. Um, the team we're looking at. Um, and so all that to say, I think you know the 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 tank, the tank battle is super important here. I think the hit scan is also um, um, uh, right been up there. And um, uh, honestly, I think uh, while while Dallas may have the 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 tank advantage, I mean one of the um, um, real strengths of uh, the Shanghai Dragons that we've seen this month uh, is was in their DPS line, um, and and it's a it will it, it absolutely would be you know a good thing to see um uh to see them back um against each other and, and sort of uh, rattle those things out but at least for the for the impacts of um um uh team i don't know what you call it team team cohesion yeah, team synergy, synergy team performance um that that comes from the tank role. I think, um, I think it would be um, uh, good to see to see Dallas with that kind of um, uh, play against Shanghai. So I, I suppose that might be uh, a very long way of saying they may be my pick in that situation. But mm-hmm. um, it, it it would definitely be an exciting one for sure. Yeah, I, I am in agreement with you there, actually, Joe. Like I, I I agree. It's just on the Junker Queen. I gave I'm giving Han Ben my MVP of this tournament. Um, 
and I think it's just fitting to give it to him because he he was just the best. He was the best chunker queen, hands down. I, I think there's no way to prove it, but yeah, I, I think he's a better, the best chunker queen, and I think that would lead Dallas to the victory against Shanghai. I think it would be very close. I think if we got that, it would be a four th- four to three series. So yeah, I, I really wish we would have seen it, but. We'll, we'll get to see I guess we'll never get to see what happened in a Drunker Queen meta between the Dallas Fuel and the Shanghai Dragons uh, unless unless Drunker Queen persists we'll see but hopefully not I would imagine they are not the, the dev team's smart enough to be like yeah we should we should nerf this into the ground <laughs> let's, let's not <laughs> let's not do goats again um, yeah yeah the uh, uh, while we're talking about MVPs uh, again thinking about my this conversation we just had um uh hanbin obviously it's the 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 one of the biggest shining stars from this past weekend in north america um and and sway uh which the opposite region for my mvp giving it to lip um uh, again from the shanghai dragons dps line uh hits game going crazy um and and that's you know arguably just as significant a, a role that you really need to have filled uh, again particularly um, in this this past month, in this um, past tournament, but you know, presumably uh, continuing too. Oh yeah, I think that's a good choice as well. Um, it's it's fun to see these two teams back on top and competitive, especially after last stage for Dallas, where they were not competitive at all and looked pretty bad. The worst they have with this iteration of their roster. So definitely nice to see if if the meta falls in their place again, it can happen. Um, but maybe for our power rankings next week, they won't necessarily be number one, Joe, because who knows what the meta is going to be next next uh, stage. And they seem to be a very meta-dependent team, unfortunately, right? Um, but yeah, you certainly got to give them props for how good they were in this meta. No doubt about it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but who knows? the meta could be literally, we don't have, hopefully we have the patch notes by next week, Joe, because I have no clue what the meta is going to be. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be pretty surprised if we didn't, but I mean, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I get Dallas could still be up on top. Imagine if it's like a Zarya meta. Hanbin's nuts at Zarya. Um, it just matters what falls in place for them. Um, as far as pickums go, uh, I think we both did pretty well on our t- brackets. I expected you to take the lead, but you did not. I'm still up two because of my. <laughs> kind of did. Because my awful Houston too, pick, honestly. my awful Houston to the finals pick, um, which, yeah, did not pan out at all because they lost in elimination round two to Toronto. Didn't matter. My entire elimination round bracket is just like zero points in the NA side. But apparently I... Did you get like a bunch of threes? <laughs> I you must have. I, yeah, I must have gotten a bunch of threes. And on the NA side, honestly, it's just a bunch of twos. Um, but the East region was like near perf- near perfection, I feel like, uh, besides having Guangzhou beating Philly. But I have no clue how, I, how I'm how i still ahead of you, Joe, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, all, all of my uh, Eastern picks are green, including uh, the six points for the finals. Hmm. Um, and the, the only thing that um, <laughs> it messed me up in that very first round match when London beat Toronto instead of Toronto beating London, because yeah. then they got sent to the wrong elimination half of the bracket, and so I had the wrong winners moving through. And yeah, <laughs> anyways, so I had I had the right like teams going out every time, but I had the wrong teams winning because they were in like the wrong half of the. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so yeah. it's such a mess. I feel like picking these brackets because of just anything could happen. It's so weird. But yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I still have the lead. We still got a whole another stage in playoffs, so. Anything oh, can yeah. happen. Yeah, there's, yeah, we're up to, it's like four hundred something points now, but we'll probably get up to I don't know six hundred by the end of the season. All right, summer showdown tournament. It was good, but our first piece of news is probably the biggest thing that happened in Overwatch this past week. Um, so shout out to summer showdown, but let's talk <laughs> about the biggest. We got a lot of leaks um, happening, and from Blizzard themselves leaking. Um, Basically, um, some new information about the Battle Pass came out on Blizzard's official website for pre-ordering the Watchpoint uh, pack. Um, 
And yeah, it's it, it mentioned that if you have the Battle Pass, the premium version of the Battle Pass, you get early access to the new hero, um, which I forgot what the new hero's name is. <laughs> uh, it hasn't been officially announced yet, but, it was but supposedly uh, Kiriko. Kiriko. Uh, yeah, they leaked it. Kiriko in this as well. This is where we first saw Kiriko, who was the Fox support character. Um, so yeah, uh, that was big news because it was like, oh, that was like the the first time we got a hint of this was in the PlayStation blog. If anyone remembers back when they had the big Overwatch 2 uh, reveal event, there was a PlayStation blog that mentioned basically just the same thing, almost worded the same way and was later taken out, just immediately taken out. So everyone was like, oh, maybe they got the info wrong. I think everyone was just like, including me on this podcast, was just like, yeah, no, they definitely must have got it wrong because that would be the stupidest idea ever if they <laughs> if they made uh, you pay for heroes. Um, turns out it uh, wasn't dumb. <laughs> turns out they, they said, hey, we're going to make everyone pay for heroes. Or And John Spector came out later in a tweet and said that heroes will be on the free track of the battle pass, but you will have to grind to earn them. Um, and initial reaction to this show, um, and I th- think you share similar sentiments, and I think a lot of I think everyone on the internet basically shares the same sentiment. This is annoying, um, and I think any Overwatch player will think it's annoying. People from other games that maybe don't play Overwatch will be like, "Yeah, that's the norm." Apex, Valorant, all that stuff. League of Legends has been dealing with this forever. They they, they all have always had to pay for heroes and uh, champs and all that stuff. Overwatch is a game where you get to switch mid-round. You get to switch heroes mid-round. So it's key that you have every single hero at your disposal in order to counter certain other heroes, in order to, in order to you know, really play the game it's meant to be played. So that's why everyone is so uh, distraught about this news. It, it's just crazy that they have sort of flipped on something that Jeff Kaplan often just mentioned like crazy was that the most important thing in this game was that um, everyone had access to every hero so that they could play that rock, paper, scissors of like if they have a Pharah, you could switch to a hit scan, stuff like that. Joe, any... Uh, what were your initial thoughts? Run me down. Um, what was happening <laughs> in your head? Yeah, I was just as surprised as, like you said, basically everybody. It seemed like, um, uh, and again, it's it's important, I guess, to 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 point out that none of the the details have been confirmed officially. Um, the the initial source was, um, you know, from a, a, a like the fine print edited on the watchpoint pack purchase page uh that has since been removed um uh and then beyond uh john specter with only a couple sentences uh confirming that yes new overwatch 2 heroes will be available on the free track of the battle pass uh um but yes there's a, there's a lot of questions that uh still are are unanswered um whether that means um um well the the, the other thing that is implied to be confirmed is that yes if you if you buy the you know premium battle pass or whatever um that, that that'll unlock the heroes um uh, at least at least for kiriko this time um um you know right up front um but yeah i was i was very surprised to hear this uh, for all the reasons you said i mean that it seems um pretty you know counter counterintuitive and counter uh the way we've heard um uh this game described and the way we've heard the the point of this game described in the past um uh that it is about uh you know flexibility and it is about um uh, compositional choices that aren't one um on the hero select screen um um you know as uh there have been uh you know periods of the game where um uh that has been the case you know and and there are there are there are uh times and, and situations in the game and in you know, individual players play, um, whether in, in pro play or not, uh, whether, whether, where that has been the case. Um, uh, but, but in terms of, in terms of the theory, in terms of the, the composition and the, and the, 
uh, like you're talking about the counters and all these kinds of things, uh, it, it definitely is surprising. Um, and there have uh, interestingly been uh, more people um, with you know positions and and making points defending this than I would have expected, honestly. Um, and uh, I, I wish I could think about specific um, you know personalities and stuff. Uh, it may have been uh, Custa, for example, who who made some uh, Twitter posts about it, and his take was, um, you know, that this is definitely not what I would have done with the game, but, um, um, but but I'll, and I don't I don't want to attribute this to Custa if it wasn't him, but uh, somebody somebody like that was saying, you know, this this isn't what I would have done with the game, but I'll I'll defend it if it means that. The, you know, if this is the the monetization model that works for the game, if this is the way, um, uh, you know, to to attract new players, if this is the way to uh, preserve the uh, esports scene, uh, which again, if it was Custa, you know, obviously his livelihood depends on Overwatch esports. Um, uh, that there are, there are ways to defend it. I've seen um, there was uh, again, I don't. No, specifically because I didn't write it down, but there were people talking about, well, you know, if um, uh, sure the 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 theory the the possibility is always there for you to you know change heroes mid game and all this stuff, but who uh, who in in most in most um, like average player play really does that? You know, who um, is is really going to lose out there versus a game where somebody just plays their their main because that's what they're going to play. Um, um, and, and somebody with that argument even went so far as to say that maybe it would be good to uh, like like when they did Rollock and then balance the game around two two two. What if they just removed the ability to swap heroes and balance the game around that? Uh, again, I think that's that's pretty drastic and that's a that's a a far step to go in my opinion to to defend something like this. Um. Um. But but yeah, I I. Uh, but my my personal opinion, yeah, as I, I don't see that being good for certainly. I mean, certainly not for you know the the current player base, um, and it may it may put off uh, some of the people who might have have joined in. I don't know. Um, I know for me, I I did buy the the Watchpoint pack uh, when it came out, um, and now I I might not have out of out of I guess some kind of insignificant. Um, <laughs> insignificant protest. I don't know mm -hmm. uh, if I had known this was the case. And again, the argument there is, well, just don't pre-order a game if you don't know what it's going to involve. But, um, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a whole thing. And then there's there there are a handful of ways that, uh, I guess, to, to wrap up my thoughts on this, there are a handful of things that Blizzard could do, I think, um, to make to, to sort of tone it back a little bit or make it a little bit better. Um, but then at the same time, which removes like the incentive for them to have put a hero on a battle pass at all. And so th that would be things like, you know, make it, you know, level two of the battle pass or something where like you play, you know, five games and you unlock the hero. And in which case, why would you, uh, you know, uh, why would you incentivize people to to pay for it at all? You know, or um, uh, people have thrown around the idea of well, you lock um, the competitive mode um, behind, like you have to have all the heroes unlocked in order to play competitive, um, which would be interesting. And in fact, there was a there was a separate um, uh, like four chan leak. Uh, that purportedly had more info on this kind of monetization and rules and stuff, and that was one of the things that it included uh, was that supposedly the um, uh, Overwatch 2, you couldn't play competitive until you had unlocked every hero. Um, um, but again, it's you know, it's it's just a matter of you know, you get locked out of parts of the game for uh, I, I don't know, it's it's it, it's a big change. Excuse me, it's a big change and. It could be executed in a player-friendly way, um, but the the more you err in that direction, the more um, you know, the less sense it makes to have done it at all. As as you know, from Blizzard's perspective, so uh, I don't know. It's it's a, a long way of yeah. I don't I don't think it was a good decision. I, I 
Uh, again, we haven't really seen a proper response from anybody in terms of like, um, there hasn't really been any kind of acknowledgement of um, the community response or anything yet, uh, as we're here just over um, uh, exactly three weeks from launch. Uh, you know, there may be some, some changes that I made, who knows. Um, obviously that information was removed from the uh, Watchpoint pack purchase screen, but um, that was a lot of words. I'll, I'll stop talking and <laughs> let you react a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, it's yeah, it was, it's been quite a week um, in that way. Oh yeah. I mean, there's lots to say about this. Let's be like, there's so much to unpack, especially cause we just don't know, have the info. So there's even more to unpack and guess about. Um, first off, I think the, the tweets you were mentioning were custom i think it might have been jake possibly um oh maybe because i don't remember custa tweeting about it but i know jake had a very long thread about it um and i was like car q was another person who tweeted um telling people just to not worry because all the details aren't out yet there's just a lot to unpack if so to talk about that 4chan leak um according to the leak apparently on the free pass the hero will be at level 20 which is like the best case scenario i feel like because the, there was no way they were putting it um anywhere close to the beginning i think this is as close to the beginning as they can put it um without without it like without incentivizing people to just yeah without they want people to buy the premium version right so they put it at level 20 um apparently it's going to take it's the battle pass is going to be hard to grind which stinks um i hate when that happens i, I don't like when things take forever to grind um especially like in valorant i've complained many times on this podcast how long it takes me to unlock new heroes and how much that are new agents and how much that just turns me off from playing the game and that could happen in overwatch as well like a new agent is released i decide hey might as well boot up valorant as there's a new agent release everyone else is playing it i'm sitting there like okay just another like five or six days until i get this agent right like that's just such a daunting task ahead of me where i'm just like all right i just end up dropping the game because i'm like i want to play the new agent but i don't want to have to pay 10 bucks for it um i i don't want i also don't want to put like so many hours into this game right now on other agents that i'm bored of and that was the reason why i dropped this game and all that stuff you know so that, that stuff's going to be there if the 4chan leak is correct and you can't play competitive without all the heroes that's just deterring a lot of new people as well because now you're just like left with a fan just this is really good for people who are going to consistently play Overwatch, and you're just going to be left with those people. The other thing in the 4chan leak was that this battle pass is going to be very similar to how Fortnite does it, where in Fortnite, you buy the battle pass, and if you complete it, you earn next month's battle pass in V-Bucks. Um, apparently, you will be able to do that in this pass, which I think is the way to go. Absolutely. Um, that's what Fortnite has over a bunch i don't think like any other battle pass does this besides fortnite which is ridiculous to me because every other battle pass is so just it's not satisfying at all and doesn't feel worth it to me in most other games whereas fortnite is the one game where i when i when i'm playing fortnite i will consistently buy that battle pass because i'm like might as well like i'll earn those v bucks back and i'll or i'll just still have the v bucks from the last battle pass i i played and i'll be like okay i could buy the battle pass i have enough v bucks so it's just super nice and it's very it's why people still play fortnite like epic clearly cares about their players and like puts out insane content that goes on that battle pass um and i'm, I'm glad overwatch is going to do that but it is like once you buy one battle pass um it's only the people who are consistently playing overwatch that's gonna that are going to earn that next battle pass and immediately earn that next hero as well which, by the way, then I guess the next hero won't be the next battle pass. It'll be like two battle the battle pass after that, right? Because they're switching off map hero, map hero, or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's it's basically all this benefits people who consistently it it, it benefits the people the non casual audience of Overwatch. It does not benefit the people who are very casual, don't have that much time to play. Or just don't play Overwatch and maybe wanted to give it a try with Overwatch too. 
those three groups are just getting screwed by this. Absolutely. Um, but if you're, I mean, I guess you're fine with it. If, but, but you still should be mad because more people aren't <laughs> going to be joining this game because they just are going to be deterred away from paywalls and not having all the heroes and not being able to play competitive. Um, I don't think either of us mentioned because the another big question is, okay, do you just never get the hero if you don't if you're not there for that season's battle pass and you don't complete get to level twenty or whatever? And John Spector said that there will be other ways to unlock the hero after. I'm guessing it'll be like a mini bat I'm guessing it'll be like Valorant, where Valorant has like basically has a battle a mini track slash battle pass for each agent in the game, and once you get to level five on that agent is when you unlock that agent. Um, I'm guessing they will do a similar thing um, in in Overwatch. Uh, after that battle pass, they'll like sort of have a little track where you can, uh, you know, complete objectives to unlock the hero for free. Uh, which is another thing that I highly recommend watching Siegel's stream of this. I wonder if he put out a YouTube video or anything of it, but... Um, yeah, that's another big thing that might down the line someone who wants to start playing Overwatch 2 in a year, let's say, October 4th next year, and they've missed out on like four hero, four or five heroes in the battle pass. They have to sit there and grind out four and five four to five heroes to unlock all those. Like how's that going to work, right? Do uh, it just it it seems it seems like it's just going to deter new players completely. It might make them some money from the people who were going to play Overwatch 2 anyways, but in the long run, is this going to help? Are they just trying to cash in on uh, on the sort of whales, the big players immediately? Are they following like a Hearthstone route where Hearthstone does not care about new players? They literally are like, we have this small amount of fan base who is willing to drop $300 every three months on this game. Is that... Is that what Overwatch wants to do? Which would suck, especially for someone like me who works in Overwatch League and wants more people to be watching Overwatch League. Um, so, oh yeah, yeah, uh, I think it's very frustrating. Which is why both me and Joe have been just going on rants. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean that—that's why they listen to this show. Yeah. So yeah. Um. But yeah, it's. Whew. And, and, I mean, there's still more questions. Like, Sojourn and Junker Queen are technically new heroes with Overwatch 2. Are they also not going to be unlocked? Like, who, where does where does it limit, you know? Do we still get all the Overwatch 1 heroes? Like, what's, what's going to happen? Um, so there's just so many unanswered questions that hopefully we get the answers to soon. I will say the leaks, the 4chan leak, made me feel a little more optimistic about it. I really... I'm glad that the Battle Pass is going to have actual good content, as well as this wasn't a part of the 4chan leak. It was a, the official Blizzard leak that the Mythic skins, the, the really cool Genji skin, is going to be on the Battle Pass, uh, which is great. I think a lot of people uh, expected it to be maybe just a very exclusive item in the shop, one of those like Valorant guns that cost $100, or CSGO guns that cost 100 gun skins that cost $150. I think a lot of people expected it to be their like premium, like you have to drop a lot of money for this. Um, so I'm super happy that they went the Fortnite route where Fortnite's coolest skin each season is is in the Battle Pass as well. So that's good. Um, so there are definitely some positives in the leaks. And level 20 is not as bad. I thought it would be like level 50 or like the midway point. That was my guess. So to have it earlier, like a quarter way through is definitely better but still frustrating for sure. Um, so yeah, feels like it's maybe that was a part of their marketing strategy was to like make it seem a lot worse than it was. And then like that sort of, it calms us down a little bit that it's not as bad as we thought, but it's still bad. I think we should recognize that. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the other thing that again, because we haven't seen, um, gotten much official follow-up at all. Um, that, that is the sort of, conspiracy theory about it too yeah is that um you know they never intended to actually do this and they are going to tune it back somehow but again we just don't know yet yep we should find out soon hopefully um yeah as far as like other leaks go the full 
the full uh, new hero cinematic leaked. Um, so yeah, it, you could go find that somewhere if you want. I think it's in Spanish. Um, I, I was yeah, and it's also not completely yeah, done. I, I talked to my um, my coworker speaks Spanish. One of my new coworkers speaks Spanish, and um, they watched it and said that it was really good, actually. So. <laughs> Uh, I'm excited for it, I guess. I, I'm not going to watch it. I would rather watch the fully done one in English. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it'll be uh, it'll be a matter of a couple weeks. Yeah, it should be. Um, definitely. So, yeah, at least we get some Overwatch 2 news. I guess there's positive as well. Uh, just something about the game is nice to get, even if it's a headache and annoying. Um, all right, let's move back into Overwatch League news. Dallas Fuel is going to be hosting another little uh, little um, event here, ba- uh, Battle for Texas. Gets their, their second homestand. They did one earlier this year as well. Um, well, I guess they didn't, right? Houston technically hosted it, but it was in San, it yeah. was in San Antonio. Um, so this yeah. time Dallas is going to be hosting the second Battle for Texas uh, in person on October 8th. That's going to be very fun to see. Uh, they got that arena, so they're making use of it. That's for sure. Um, and I think there are a lot of special guests announced. And it's basically they're celebrating the the, fi- the fifth year of the Dallas Fuel. Basically, uh, I think Mickey has been confirmed to be there, so that's going to yeah. be super cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I consistently as much as I like, I don't like rooting for Dallas because um, I'm just not a Dallas fan. I think they consistently are just. They're put. They're also putting so much into this league and um, consistently putting on cool events like this. So, yeah. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, good to do it. It may, um, you know, I suppose who knows. Depending on how the rest of the season goes, it may be you know one of our uh, last battles for Texas of the season. Um, uh, so yeah, good to good to throw that out. And you know, five years of Dallas Field, it's five years of the rest of the league too, obviously. Um, but, uh, um, but yeah, it was always good to see. And it's, uh, as an individual team events too. Um, you know, we haven't seen a lot of, um, a lot of that either. So that'll be, um, uh, you know, it's a good sign for the future of that too. Yeah. Hopefully more teams will take note and be like, Oh yeah, we could do this whenever it doesn't have to be a tournament. Right. Uh, because both Houston and Dallas have now done it this season just on their own. Um, I, I know people are doing watch parties. Boston has announced their watch party for this upcoming uh, thing, which is just a, you know, I've been to a Boston watch party before. It's just a small little thing that's free. Uh, it's not like a big homestand in an arena or anything, but those are still great as well. So, yeah, definitely uh, be on the lookout for stuff like that. I, I really hope more teams do it for sure. Um, all right, next piece of news is roster news, and it is that uh, the Gladiators and Ons have mutually parted ways. Ons, of course, huge part of the Gladiators' success in the midseason madness, finals specifically, um, winning them Dorado, basically, with an insane pop-off. So I, I think a lot of sentiment, um, a lot of the sentiment here is the people are sad. You know, Ons was a great part of this team. He had some really good moments. Um, and yeah, just unfortunately they have mutually parted ways. I could get more insight, but Joe, what are you, what are your thoughts um, on this move before I do? Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, I, I definitely had noticed obviously um, that his, um, uh, it hadn't been, uh, you know, featured necessarily in the Gladiators here for a while, at least this month. Um, uh, we got some uh, sort of third-party details uh, from Yiska, uh, who often reports on overseeing stuff, um, that evidently the... Uh... Oh, and actually, while I'm uh, uh, on his, his Twitter page right now, I see actually that the, uh, um, the Paris CDL team has relocated to Vegas as well. Yeah. Um, so presumably that's going to be a thing, obviously, for Paris <laughs> um, Eternal. But, um, but that's uh, yeah confirmed that you know that um, there was sort of a um, 
cost benefit for for Anz in terms of you know leaving the team before the uh, roster deadline where he could be eligible still to be picked up somewhere else uh, versus um, as things are now he can't play on on a team for the rest of the season um, and you know it, it sounded like uh, sort of erring on the side of you know letting the gladiators continue to pay him um, <laughs> which makes sense as far as that goes um, um, but yeah he's he's been um, a really valuable um semi-niche but really valuable player uh both for for the gladiators and for the shock obviously from uh his time with the shock as well uh and still definitely could fill that role in in a future season i think it's fair to say uh it's just a matter of um you know what what ends up happening to him yeah absolutely i, I i'm not sure his career is over here and i'm not sure this is where it ends you know i i really do think he fills that niche as a widow specialist just super well so and I think I'll, we've seen it with the Gladiators on certain maps. Like having that Widow Specialist is absolutely huge. Um, I'm not sure if Ons would have seen much playing time on a lot of other teams this season, though. To be honest, like I think he found really the perfect spot in the Gladiators, and that um, the Gladiators hit scan player is is Patty, um, or was Patty at the beginning of the season, and Patty just doesn't know how to play Widow well. <laughs> so yeah, it was just. It, it worked out super well that Patty sort of filled that Sojourn Soldier 76 player where when they needed a Widow player on certain maps or Widow worked really well on certain maps, uh, they could put Anz in. Um, so I think I think Anz sort of fit perfectly into this Gladiators roster for sure. Um, and, you know, it's it stinks to see, him, to see him go. And I think, you know, obviously that picking up a pat of Happy purely, it probably contributes to that the most, right? Um, uh, this was a mutual thing, I will say. So it, it was not fully because Happy was picked up that Ons just didn't fit anymore. It was sort of just, you know, both both Ons and, and the Glads decided, hey, I, I think it's probably time. It's probably best for us to just part ways here. Um, I think Ons maybe knew, hey, now that Happy's here, I probably just won't see much playing time. Um, so... Yeah, now, now that now that the Glads have Happy, they they sort of have someone who was a full rounded hit scan player who could play that soldier, play that soldier and that widow um, at a top level. So, yeah, it's very sad to see Odds go. We we released a little like farewell video. I loved working with Odds. Um, he was super fun, fun and funny on camera. He was always comfortable on camera. So, if you haven't watched the uh, Gladiators play Nintendo Switch with motion controls video yet on YouTube. He is in it with Reiner and Shu, and he is hilarious. And they're all that video is amazing. Go watch it. Uh, so, as well as the farewell video we put out, which yeah made me tear up a bit because I was like, oh, I'm gonna miss that guy. Um, but yeah, odds odds leaves the Gladiators. Uh, sad, sad to see. Um, our last our last thing here is the postseason picture with uh, the countdown cup. Here has sort of been written out uh someone made a beautiful reddit post that i saw as well earlier two days ago um just just listing out you know who's making who's qualified for what um who's qualified for play-ins all that stuff it's also listed out uh if you want to just see the standings uh on Wikipedia. they also have who's qualified for what on there um super exciting to see uh, just there are three teams now that have fully qualified for just playoffs in in NA in the Shock, Fuel, and Glads. Um, they will not have to play in play-ins. They have made playoffs, so Countdown Cup. They might we might see them just try out a bunch of strats and see what works and what doesn't because they they're already in. Uh, and then you have teams like the Outlaw, Spitfire, Defiant, Rain, Mayhem, all guaranteed at least to make play-ins. Uh, so they have not clinched their playoff spot quite yet they will be working for to do that in the countdown cup but they all will definitely not be missing out on the postseason they will be able to have a chance in play-ins um, and then you have teams like the justice uprising titans excelsior sort of fighting for that last um uh, playoff spot as well as eternal i guess but they probably have a very little chance um, and would need just so much to happen they only have one point and they have to get up to six points by the end of the countdown cup which would be insane yeah talk about the press eternal i'll actually just read this because it's ridiculous <laughs> um 
this Reddit user says, Paris can only avoid being eliminated from the postseason by getting five plus more wins than Boston in their next six matches, and three plus more wins than Vancouver, and two plus more wins than New York, and a better map differential than all three of those teams. Yep. <laughs> and even then, they end up in... Uh, what would it be like number 10 in North, in North it's, America? <laughs> it's got to be like impossible. Look at the map differential. They're at like negative 42 in comparison to Boston's negative 15. Like it's got to be near impossible for this team to make it. Um, I, I, it would be insane if they did. Uh, but yeah, it sort of lays, lays out over in the East as well. Shanghai and Seoul have guaranteed the top three spots. Um, so they are in playoffs already. It'll be Hangzhou and Philly most likely fighting for that third spot as they are both at 12 points. Chengdu's at seven, so technically I guess they could come back, but it'd be very hard. Um, and then in... Um, is there only... How does this work? This these Oh, okay. Four, four, five, and six are play-ins. Um, so wow, every team but one in the in the East makes it to the postseason. Um, okay, so yeah, looks like it's mainly going to be Valiant in charge fighting for that last play-in spot. So play-ins might the play-in race might not be as exciting as that race for the last playoff spot in the East. Uh, but yeah, and if you didn't know by now, the Countdown Cup has no tournament. It is the play-ins um, for the playoffs. So it will be uh, seven, the seven through ten seed in NA, and the fourth through six seed. In the East, um, in NA, they're playing for the last two spots, I believe, in the playoffs. And in the East, they're playing for the last spot. So, yeah. Um, Countdown Cup, that's a little little preview for you. Next week, we'll be back to preview it even more by predicting games, giving our power rankings, all that stuff. Uh, anything else from the post you want to point out, Joe? Um, yeah, I think that was um, about it. Shout out to Alpha Tryon underscore OW on Reddit. Yeah, always nice to see like these things sort of summarized um, real nicely. Uh, so yeah, shout out to shout out to them. Uh, I'm excited to see the Countdown Cup and see who makes it. Even though it might be, you know, I, it, it always the last stage is always like it's hard. It's it's not as fun to watch. You're you're just waiting for playoffs. You know. Um, and this isn't like a this year problem. I feel like it's every every year in the Overwatch League. Stage four has been like just the, probably the biggest viewer drop off, just because there's like not much to play for a lot for a lot of these teams. Um, so yeah, we'll be taking a look at that as I mentioned. Power rankings next week. Get ready for those. Um, we're continuing. At, we Joe's got his little countdown clock here. Twenty one days till October fourth. Three weeks. We're almost there. Three weeks. At some point, we will learn more. <laughs> At some point, we will hopefully learn more about Overwatch 2. But yeah, anything else to say before I, before we officially sign off here, Joe? Yeah, I know. I think that's about it. Um, we've got a, a task ahead of us, that's for sure, when we uh, make our power rankings. Because we'll have to... I mean, whatever. But we'll have to see how close we are to you know final standings and all these kinds of things. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter, my Twitter's at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's INC. And the show's Twitter is at On The Flank Show. You're listening to this one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, go to on hyphen the hyphen flank.pinecast.co or on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Play. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy a little weekend off here before the Countdown Cup. <laughs>